You are now listening to The Model Health Show with Sean Stevenson. For more, visit themodelhealthshow.com. Welcome to The Model Health Show. This is fitness and nutrition expert, Sean Stevenson, and I'm so grateful for you tuning in with me today. We've had some special episodes, but this episode right here is very, very special. We've got the number one motivational speaker on the planet here in the studio with us today. And listen, I just, I hope you're ready for this. All right, we've got Eric Thomas in the house. And listen, he has such a huge impact on my life and getting to the place that he is, as far as the impact that he's having on the planet, you don't get there by being great in just one thing. And so what I'm interested in talking about today, and this is something that I really strive to bring forth for everybody here on the Model Health Show, is having great health in our relationships. I truly believe that our relationships are the most impactful thing on our health, on our happiness, on our success in life. And me being a, a former lone wolf, I didn't really want to acknowledge that. You know, I just thought that, you know, as long as I'm happy, as long as I'm out here, you know, I'm going to save the world. And in reality, I cannot do the work that I want to do or create the change that I want to create or accomplish the mission that I have for myself without working with and through other passionate people. And so I really had to accept that and open myself up to working with other people and to collaborating and to opening up my heart. A lot of times we close ourselves off because of the things that we've gone through in our lives. You know, maybe we went through a heartbreak, maybe we went through a traumatic experience in a business partnership, but we have to understand that those are still opportunities for growth and lessons learned. And we move on with the same tenacity in our next relationship or next business partnership. But now we have updated knowledge base, right? And because once we cut away the possibility of, of growth and of, of love, of contribution, of collaboration, we really miss out on tapping into our superpowers, right? Because we, our unique superpowers are one thing, but when we put those superpowers with some other talented people, you create the X-Men, right? You create these superhero teams that can truly save the world, right? So really excited about this. And one of the things that I was just talking about, funny enough, uh, yesterday I was with somebody you know, we've still got to fuel our mission, right? Our relationships absolutely are the biggest influence on our health and our success, but our nutrition matters, our sleep matters, our movement practices, all these things come together and create this tapestry that creates our own model of health. And so fueling our, ourselves with nutrition is obviously important. And we were talking about Organifi Green Juice because I went to their place and I had no idea. They opened up the refrigerator. There was, I don't know if, you don't need to store it in the refrigerator, by the way, but it was in the refrigerator. And then we just got to talking about it. And we got to talking about the CEO of the company, Drew Cannoli. That's where we connected because we both love Drew and we've seen his process and his progress and his growth and his impact on the world. And we've had Drew on the show as well. And we'll put his most recent episode, which was the most powerful episode that, because I've had him on twice now, I believe. And we'll put that in the show notes for you guys. But uh, just the integrity that goes into it, sourcing organic ingredients, low temperature processing to retain the nutrients is really important. And the formula itself, like if I was to create a green blend and making it taste good, that's what's really remarkable about it. And one of the hallmark ingredients in there is chlorella, right? Chlorella. Chlorella is about 50% protein by weight. It's one of the most dense protein sources of anything that's ever been discovered. But the reason it has the name chlorella is it's so dense in chlorophyll. 
But what's really interesting about chlorella for me personally is the fact that it's a natural chelator. So chlorella has been found in, in clinical trials to actually help your body to detoxify itself of heavy metals. All right, so that's pretty profound. We see so many different issues tied to, and I was just, um, we, and of course, again, we've also had him on the show, but Dr. Mark Hyman was just talking about how his health was so damaged due to his exposure to heavy metals. And he was losing muscle function, you know, because of mercury and cognitive function. And so having a natural chelator through nutrition that can safely and gently help your body to buffer a lot of the toxicity we're exposed to is something really special. And this was a study that was published in the journal International Immunopharmacology affirmed that chlorella helps to reduce blood levels of lead, right? This is something that's just in our common culture, our common language about lead poisoning and how dangerous it is and not using lead-based paints. Like this is something that's kind of been outlawed. And so chlorella helps, and this is again, clinical trial has discovered this. And this was a double-blind placebo-controlled study published in Clinical and Experimental Hypertension found that chlorella was able to significantly reduce the blood pressure of test subjects with hypertension at the end of a 12-week study period. So not only does it have the capacity to help your body to eliminate heavy metals, but it also has the capacity to help to regulate your blood pressure as well. So really profound stuff. It's just one of the ingredients in this powerful green blend from Organifi. All right, so pop over there, check them out. It's Organifi.com forward slash model. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com forward slash model. You get 20% off the green juice formula that we're talking about, and also their red juice formula, which is my son Braden's favorite, and their gold formula and everything else that they carry. All right, it's really, really great hookup for my audience here at the Model Health Show. So pop over there, check them out, Organifi.com forward slash model. And now let's get to the Apple Podcast Review of the Week. Another five-star review titled Spreading the Message Through Uber by BRDZ87654. I drive for Uber and Lyft while I start my journey into real estate. You're always keeping me company on my rides. I share your podcast with all my writers in hopes that they too can get the inspiration, information, and motivation I receive from this show. Thank you so much for what you do for the world. I am truly grateful for all the information you have blessed my family with. Ah, that is so incredible. Thank you so much. I'm in Uber. I'm in Uber. And you know what's so funny is that just a couple of weeks ago, I shared this insight that I had recently about the power that this phone this device that we all have, everybody listening, has the opportunity to create uh, income for themselves just by having this simple device in their hands. And so whether this is through Uber, through Lyft, through DoorDash, through Postmates, you don't have to go through some crazy interview process to make money, to get a job. You don't have to put on the, the right tie, you know, the bow, whatever. You don't have to try to, you know, let, let me learn how to interview. Like you can literally just grab your phone and start to make an income, you know, and no matter how weird you are, well, of course, you don't want to be too weird, you know what I'm saying? But this is such a great opportunity that we've never had before, but it comes with uh, another dimension of it. You know, there's this parallel universe where there are other businesses that are in conflict with it, right? We've got Uber now, but what about cab companies? They've taken a huge hit, but this creates an opportunity to adapt, right? We don't want to be like Blockbuster Video and not adapt when Netflix shows its face. Blockbuster had it locked down. They had the income, they had the potential infrastructure, but they were just like, ah, people are always going to want to come to our store. Are you kidding me? 
And so they left this huge opportunity open for someone else to take control of their market share. Now, I think there's one blockbuster video left. And I think it's like in Alaska somewhere, if I recall. But I even felt that when Netflix came along, I was just like, I still felt this pull, like I need to go out and work for this video experience. You know what I'm saying? But then it just became a reality, like, wow, I can't believe that I used to go out there and stand by the box and hope that somebody's gonna return the video that I wanna see. Like we all get it on demand now, you know? And so it creates this opportunity, right? There's this duality, but we have the opportunity to grow and adapt. And so I just wanna remind us of the opportunity we have. So it's not just through those apps, but through the apps of being a social media influencer and creating content and maybe being of service and coaching other people through that medium. Like there's no stopping you creating music, right? There's so many people that are transforming the world through putting music on SoundCloud, you know? And there's just an entire generation that's just crushing it through that platform. So there's no more gatekeepers, that, those days are over, but we still have to take advantage. And to do that by instilling positivity into it and, and impacting other people's lives, thank you so much for taking me with you on your ride with your, uh, with, with your pickups, being Uber, Uber and Lyft driver. I think it's just profound and I, I'm so grateful for that. And everybody, thank you so much for taking me with you no matter where you are right now, whether you're in the gym, whether you're out walking, you know, taking the dogs out, whether you're uh, just kicking back and taking some notes, whether you are you know, doing some household chores, whatever it might be, thank you so much. I'm so grateful to be a part of your life. And today, I wanna deliver a really profound, powerful gift to you in the form of Dr. Eric Thomas. Now, he is, again, the number one motivational speaker in the world, and he didn't get this esteem uh, on a straight track. You know, this man was literally homeless at one point in his teens, and, and he shared the story many times, and even on past episodes of the show, uh, being forced to live in abandoned buildings and eat out of trash cans, and he, he dropped out of high school, right? But he got his GED. Then he struggled through college and ended up getting his bachelor's finally. He got his master's degree. He got his doctorate. But he's not running around saying, you know, I'm Dr. Eric Thomas. He's really like, I'm a real person with real world challenges. And I want to share what I've learned with the rest of the world. And he's such a great human being on top of being a great speaker. But in this episode, we're really talking about some of the things that matter a lot to me right now, which is... How do we operate in a medium where our children are not going through the same challenges that we are, right? It's updated issues that we're talking about today. So we're talking about parenting. We're talking about relationships with our significant other, which might be of value to any of us. And we're also talking about our mindset when it comes to our financial well-being as well. So there's a lot here. And so now we're going to jump into this conversation with the one and only Dr. Eric Thomas. I know that you guys just had a anniversary. Ah, you and Didi, yes, right? Yes, sir. Twenty nine years. Twenty nine yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. So I heard the big one is next year. Yeah, so I heard yeah. I have to do something for the uh, for the big one. So we'll see what I got to yeah, do. Yeah, I think it's like yeah. a silver, yeah. or some gold. Yeah, I don't, no I don't know how it no goes, question. but well, we we messed it we messed it up because on our twenty first, uh, her mother was diagnosed with cancer a few years before, and the mm -hmm. doctors were kind of like, "Yo, it's a wrap. You know, yeah. go spend six months." with your family and you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so by the grace of God, we decided at the 21st to do it mm -hmm. since she was still alive and we ruined it cause she's still alive. Yeah. We could have done it <laughs> at the 30 cause she yeah. like, I ain't going nowhere, yeah. you know? So, um, 
So we we messed up the silver gold thing, but we're gonna do something since it's thirty. Yeah, we figured we'll do something a little small, something somewhere. That's yeah. facts, man. Because you know, a lot of people know you to be the number one motivational speaker yeah. on the planet, yeah. but you can't get to that position without being spectacular in other areas. Oh, and one of those things is relationships. Yeah. And so this yeah. is something that I'm always tuning into you for and paying yeah. attention to yeah. because. For you, like in, you and I growing up, we didn't have a lot of examples. Yeah. And so a lot of this stuff yeah. has been on the job training. Yeah, absolutely. And so I believe, by, by the way, I think you guys' anniversary might be on my birthday. Oh, for real? Yeah, what's the date? Uh, the 23rd of August. August, that's my birthday. Ah, that's crazy. Hey, <laughs> so I can't forget no more, I got it. <laughs> that's awesome, but yeah, so um, just to kind of get to the, to the mechanics of it yeah. all, you yeah. know, like, you not having a framework of what that looks like 29 years, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So what was one of the early steps that you saw like to break that pattern of people falling apart and, and making a relationship work? Like what are some of those qualities and things that you had to figure out? Yeah, so, and this, this like hurts every time I say it, but I remember I was on campus and I was a part of a ministry. That's when I kind of first realized I had a gift to speak. Yeah, And so I probably was overusing it. And I used to be on campus with my boys every Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday, we had an event called Bell Tower. And we went, like we started at night, and I think we got into a discussion afterwards. I must have about two o'clock in the morning. Like we would end at about 10, 11 at night, like it was a nighttime thing. And then we'd be up talking and whatever. And I was married, but I was a sophomore in college, but I married, you know, after my freshman year. Mm. And I remember going home this one particular night, two o'clock in the morning, and I remember Dee Dee like, she not a crier, so she wasn't crying like physical tears, yeah. but like you could tell she was upset. Yeah. And I was like, what's up? And she was like, nothing. But I was like, come on, what's up? She's like, nothing. I was like, no, for real, be honest, what's up? She was like, you know what? I love you, but I wish I hadn't married you. And I was like, what? Whoa. And she was like, not like I don't love you and don't want to be with you, but it was better when we were friends. It's kind of like once I got married to you, you now compartmentalized me and put me away. And it's like, you take care of everything, but when we were dating and you were seeking me, like you were trying to get me to marry you, mm. like I was a priority, yeah. you know, but now it kind of seems like now that you have secured me, I'm I'm like over in a corner somewhere. And so when you finish doing everything you do, then you get to me. But when we were dating and we were friends, like I was first yeah. and everything else came, and that hit me hard, like, whoa. And so it was at that point, I was like, yo, E, you gotta get back to the friendship. You know, like you gotta get back to, yeah. Didi's your best friend. So mm -hmm. I think a lot of times in relationships, once we say I do, mm -hmm. not consciously, maybe, but subconsciously, that person is no longer in the friend zone. So we're not hunting like we used to hunt before. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's kind of like I captured it. Yeah. And so I can go on to, and so for me, it was like, yo, E, you got to get back to friendship. But more important, you got to get back to the hunt. Like you got to find a way, even though you married her, to keep coming up with these ways to hunt her and go after her and make her feel like she's desired yeah. and not like, you know, yeah. a second thought. Or So for me, I think that was the thing that really turned my relationship around and all my relationships with my children. I'm still on that. Okay, E, find ways to make them. When Jada was four and you'd come through the door, she would be running like, Daddy. Yeah. Well, she's 21 now. And so she's in school, so you're not coming through the door no more. But what are the things you can do? to still make her want to run and go, Daddy, yeah. you know, CJ, business partner. But when he met you when he was 22, 23, he was like, yo, E.T., you know, he looked up to you. What are the things you can do, even though he's grown with kids, married, yeah. to still make CJ go, whoa, E.T., you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like Michael Jordan playing, but Mike, what do you do five years, 10 years, 15 years into the game to still make people go, whoa, MJ, and not, 
Oh, I've seen MJ do that a million times. Unbelievable, yeah. man. Yeah. That's For you to have that like click take place yeah. so early on, I think that's a gift. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because no a lot of people don't get to that yeah. until later uh, in life, if yeah. they get to if it. If they get to it. Yeah. You know, and one of the things too, whenever I end up ironing something for my <laughs> wife, I think about you. Yeah, no question. Okay. You, you and a lot of dudes. I, like I'm in the, I'm like I'll be in the airport, and dudes just walk up to me like, "E, you know it's your fault." I'm like, "Bro, I don't even know you. Like, what do you mean my fault, bro? I'm being ironing, bro. I use the unstoppables in the washer. You know what I'm saying? So, no question. I guess yeah. that'll be a part of my legacy. Yeah, right? that's crazy how like you can get attached to those things. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? People's yeah. minds. Yeah, no that's question. awesome, man. But you know what's so crazy is that, you know, for me and my relationship with my wife, we didn't have examples again. Yeah, yeah. And we literally had to, at a point, because we loved, there's love isn't enough, yeah. which is crazy to yeah, say that, that you is. know, because there's a song, yeah. I think it's the Beatles uh, uh, or uh, John Lennon, okay. right? All we need is love. No, need nah, love. No, nah, no, no, love no. isn't enough. Yeah, he should know? explain that. <laughs> right? let's, let's break sound yeah, down some yeah. bars. But, you know, we really had to study, you yeah. know, we had to study relationships. Yeah. We had to study and find out about ourselves yeah. And the way that we, because people communicate differently. And this is one of the things you've been on in the yeah. last couple of years. Yeah. And I've been fortunate enough to be around and yeah. to see it and, as, and see people's light bulb come on yeah. when they realize, wait a minute, I'm communicating my way That's right. to the other people in my That's life, right. whether it's your kids, yeah. your coworkers. And so what, what for you, what like got you connected to thinking about that and these different assessments? Yeah, yeah. You know, so uh, right now what we call it is extreme execution. Yeah. Because exactly what you said, I realize love is not enough. Like, good is never enough. Like, you really have to execute at an extreme level, yeah. you know, to keep stuff. You know what I'm saying? And so, for me, it was Chris Daniels. He was the first one to introduce me to um, these personality assessments, the DISC. And I took it and, you know, I thought I was doing it like everybody else was doing it, but a doctor who had gone through it for years, like, yo, E, your facilitation is different, bro. It's like the test, but the way you facilitate it, and to your point, I went to Australia, they speak English. I've been to London, they speak English. I've been to Louisiana, they speak English. But it's a different English. Like, it's the same, it's English, but it's a different dialect. Like, the some, the, 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 the choice, the word play, you know, is different. And I realized in life, when you say love, you mean something totally different when you say love than yeah. when I say love. When I say love, I mean playing Uno, going to the beach, you know, driving in the car, sunset. When Didi says it, she means... Uh, we are going to build the church, you know what I'm saying, like physically. Drywall, she means mop, she means cleaning, she means spring cleaning. Like, Didi means picking weeds. Yeah. You know, I I mean, let's spend time together. Didi says work. You know, so we, we had to, like, what does love mean to you? What does love mean to me? Didi's is paying bills and making sure you pay bills. It's keeping the house clean. You know, for me, it's who cares about the house? It's not a museum. You know, let's watch uh, 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 Netflix and chill. You know what I'm saying? Like, it means something totally different. But we, we, we want to accomplish the same thing in this partnership, in this friendship, in this, you know, accomplishing things. But the language is different. So I had to learn, what does that mean, Didi? You're not having your father in your life. Like, what does that mean for a girl who's not raised by her father? You know your father. You see him, you know, on the weekends. But what does it mean not to have him physically in the house? Yeah. You know, what does it mean when your mom raised you and your mom raised you to be a worker? You know, what does it mean, Eric, when your biological father wasn't in your life, but your mother was your, and then your mom marries, and now this person becomes, what does it mean to be raised by somebody who's not your biological father? What does that mean emotionally? You know, and so we had to really sit down and talk about what did you, what was your experiences? Why are you shaped the way you're shaped? And what are your expectations? Because I think that's the problem with love. 
Like we say, I love you, but what does that mean? And we don't know what the expectations are. And then it came to a point where it was like, yo, D, some of those expectations are wrong. Like I'm not wired like that, which is yeah. what I teach in extreme execution. Like I'm not wired to do that. So you can't expect me to do something I'm not wired at. But what's the compromise? Like how do we find, you know, a middle ground? So I think it's about what do you mean when you say love? What do you mean when you say um, loyalty? You know, what do you mean when you say integrity? Like, what is what does the what does those words mean? And then once I know what it means, from that point forth, I think we can build a solid foundation. Yeah, man, that's that's just profound, yeah. really, really. Um, so where so this is extreme execution, yeah, yeah, and you guys yeah. have been integrating this into yeah. a lot of events. Uh, yeah, and we'll put it up on the screen for everybody okay. to see this uh, watching uh, on YouTube, uh, yeah, yeah, where they can go that. check out more information. Yeah. And I'm I'm assuming a well, I'm pretty sure yeah. when we're in Jamaica. Uh, no, we're going to be in Mexico. Yeah, Mexico this Mexico time. this Mexico. year. We was in Jamaica last time. Phenomenal yeah. Life 2020. Yeah. We'll be talking yeah. about that no as well. No questions asked. And I'm talking about going deep because, you know, like I said, one of the things that test shows is, whoa, Didi's father wasn't in her life. Yeah. And it was just her and her mom. So I didn't realize, Sean, one of the biggest challenges we had was how we dealt with challenges. And I would be very emotional in my approach. Right. Didi was just facts. You know, and so we would get into it because Diddy would be like, "Why are you, why are you screaming?" I'm like, "Screaming! I'm passionate." Yeah. Like you ever seen the YouTube videos? <laughs> like, like you don't, like you tell me all the time when I'm in the house, be quiet, like calm down. But I think what happened was when we would get into a um, a discussion, the test revealed Diddy didn't wasn't raised by her father, so she wasn't used to having a man yeah. in her presence. And number two. She was an only child, so it was just her and her mom. She's like, yo, me and my mom never argued. So you go wow, from a community right, where, right. a home where they never argued. It was like mom and daughter was like best friends. And right. then you get into a relationship where now I'm super passionate, whatever. And I'm trying to explain to my wife, I've never cussed at you a day in my life. I've never put my hands on you a day in my life. Like some of the things that I saw coming up, and I grew up in a beautiful home, but my parents did cuss. Yeah. You know, and so there were some things that my parents did that I don't do, but I'm thinking I'm taking it from a 10 to maybe a four. Right. And I think I'm doing some shine and my wife is at a zero. Yeah. So a four to her is escalated because she didn't grow up. And so like studying the tests and putting our tests side by side, it's like, oh, so when I deal with my wife, I can't be passionate. I can't because to her, that's arguing. And this may sound weird, but. We actually created an exercise that when we do have to talk about something that's a challenge, we literally get in the bed or go on the couch and we put the cover over our, our bodies. And so now it's no, you know, it's no, you know, whatever. And now she's looking straight ahead. I'm looking straight ahead. And we're just talking about the situation. Mm. And so it's no, you know, body because, you know, body language is what? Yeah. About 70 yep. percent of communication. So you got to think about how I communicate. So I don't <laughs> think this is loud. But to her, all of this is right. like you in my face, you loud. So by putting the cover over and talking, it's like it, man, de-escalated 100 percent. Yeah. And so we did that for a few months. And now when I'm in the car, I'm pretending that I'm in the bed with the cover on and I'm making sure that my body language isn't, you know, hyper, right. you know, like I am. And it's, it's changed again. Man, we hadn't had an argument in about a year and a half. We had one a couple of weeks ago. That was Jalen, some stuff with the wedding. Yeah. And I figured out what I was doing wrong with that too. Yeah. So I'm about to make that adjustment as well. Yeah. It's like, she never asked shop for my opinion. She told me how much money we needed to <laughs> donate. And I'm like saying what I think. And she's right. like, no, 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 no. I never asked you for yeah. your opinion. I just told you that when this money goes out of the account, 
you'll just know that it wasn't fraud, you know? So <laughs> I messed up, gave my opinion, took about 12 minutes, and then I realized, okay, E, Didi's a high D, so she's factual. Yeah. You're a high I, so you're emotional. She never asked for your emotions. She just mm -hmm. said, this is what was gonna happen. She made a decision, and I should have just honored that decision and moved forward, but we'll talk about that offline. <laughs> yeah, 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 man, that's profound. Yeah. And I'm hearing so many similarities. Like, I yeah. grew up in a house where all we did was yell. Yeah. Like, that's just yeah. how we communicated. Yeah. And then my wife, total opposite, yeah. like yeah. none of that, yeah. you know? And so yeah. very early on, same thing. Yeah. And even now, it was just a couple of weeks ago, I was saying something and she was like, huh? Wait, wait a minute. I was like, I'm not, I'm, I'm on zero. I'm on zero. I'm on zero. I'm on like, zero. We just talking. Yeah, yeah, She's yeah, like, yeah. no, no, no yeah. you're talking, yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. But man, it's just, it's so beautiful because I think there's a part, and I, I got to ask you about yeah. this, where you, start to think, well, do, do she want me to change, right? right? Is she yeah. trying to change yeah. me? Yeah. Because I like me, I, yeah. I feel good about the person Absolutely. that I am. Yeah. So how do you navigate that? Yeah, I think it's a, a balance. Now, let me just give an example with the whole uh, opinion. Mm. So I realized that I had gotten to my, with my wife about the wedding because of my opinion. My son and I had gotten into it because I was about my opinion. And what, the, what, what my wife ended up expressing to me was, yo, Eric, this is not your wedding. Like, this is the young lady's wedding. <laughs> you know, this has nothing to do with you. Like, this isn't even about our son. Mm -hmm. This is her day. She gets one day. And we want to make sure it's a perfect day. So nobody's really, nobody really cares about what you think. Not in a bad way. But at the end of the day, you don't get to make a decision about somebody's perfect day. Yeah. Like, they make the decision about their perfect day. So I realized in this situation, Sean, Diddy's absolutely right. You shouldn't even have an opinion. So it's not about changing me. It's about allowing me to use my strengths when it's appropriate. Yeah. Your opinions are not appropriate with somebody else's wedding. Like, like now maybe when you and I would get married, you would have a little say, but you're not gonna have a whole bunch of say in that either. Why? Because it's my day. And so I realize when it comes to what time I wake up in the morning, that's my that's my opinion. Yeah. Like what I eat, like I have an opinion about Eric Thomas. So I can get up as early as I want to get up, go to bed as late as I want to get up. You know, I can eat whatever I want to eat, exercise, but it's like. Your opinions work for you. And then here's the second place where the opinions work. When you're asked, when somebody asks you for your you opinion, yeah. it's an appropriate time to make a comment. But, yeah. but if nobody asks you your opinion and you give it when you're not asked, then you're overusing it. Mm. Or if somebody asks you for your opinion, you kind of shy away. Like, I don't know if I want to give it. You're underusing it. Yeah. So, so it's not about changing who I am. It's about helping me to use my superpower when it's appropriate, yeah. not just randomly whenever I want to use it. Right. So to your point... Um, my wife said, we're moving to San Diego. Uh, this is a major purchase. As a high D, I'm going to let you make the decision. I'm a high, Didi's a high D, but she's like, nope, you take this one because you're you're more of a dreamer than I am. Mm -hmm. You know, and in the last two homes, I made the decisions and I kind of was frugal. And so it's something, and so guess what she said? It's you you make the decision. Now here's where your opinion is valid. And it's like, okay, E go to work. But I'm sure when we start picking the comforters. You know, when yeah. we start picking some of the colors on the wall, she's probably going to go, I do that better than you, so let me do that. But your man cave, go for it. The garage, go for it. But these areas, I'm not asking for your opinion. So I think it's not about compromising who you are. Yeah. It's about 
knowing what your strengths are and not just randomly using them, but using them in a way that's going to be beneficial, you know, for your relationship. Yeah. And that's if the whole world was operating yeah, like that, we'd yeah, be on a whole different yeah, level. Yeah, right. And I love the fact because, again, we didn't have these things yeah, coming up. Absolutely. And so you're really at a place where you're making it a mission to instill this in our kids yeah, as well. Yeah. And so you just gave me a copy. Yeah. And this is the thing about you, because I love you. You're the first person that I've had on without reading the book. Because I know that this book right. is a bomb, and so right. I just started reading it as right. we were sitting here. Right. And man, like, and I, you know, of course, I showed my wife who's who's here with me today too. But this is something yeah, special. This is something yeah. special. Thank yeah. you, man. So I, I get one of the first copies. Yeah, absolutely. And it's really this is geared for middle school and high school kids yeah. to start to teach some of these lessons, specifically about your tapping into your superpower. Absolutely. And, I, and I'll be honest, I, it's very simple read. You know, it's an animated form. There's some adults like, and I'm not saying this because. I'm saying it. CJ read it was like, yo, E, don't stop saying it's for middle school and high school. It's like some adults never got taught. Yeah. <laughs> so this is for them. Um, but it's, you're not the boss of me. And, I, and, and it's, here's where, here's the idea, Chris. So I had a girl in my church, Sean, who's about three. Uh, her, her name is Akaya. She's about mm -hmm. three. And Kaya used to always say to adults, it, I used to want to whip her in the beginning because I was like, you being disrespectful. But Kaya was like, you're not the boss of me. Just because you're an adult and you go to this church, like you can't boss me around. You can't tell me I gotta go to um, Bible study or I, got, I can't go to the bathroom. Like she's a three year old, but she was strong. Like like you, she's always say, "You're not the boss of me. You're not the boss of me." So then I start going to middle schools and high schools, and kids would be like, "You know, you're not my daddy. Don't talk to me like that." And I would hear sir, and so I said to him, "How many of you guys hate being told what to do?" Ninety percent raise yeah. their hand. We hate being told what to do. Yeah. I said, "Well, the reality is." You will never be the boss of you if you don't know your superpower, mm. if you don't know your strengths, and if, if you don't know what your lane in life is and how to use that to your advantage, somebody else is going to boss you around. So if you get kicked out of school, you're going to be working at McDonald's or Burger King, and guess what they're going to do? They're going to tell you what to do. Yeah. You end up doing the wrong thing and go to juvie or go to jail, guess what they're going to do? They're going to tell you when to wake up, when to go to bed, what to eat, when to shower. So if you really want to be the boss of you, you can't be the boss of you until you master you. So, and how can you master you if you don't know who you are? So I'm like, yo, if you're in middle school or high school, you need to discover who you are. So if you're a high D, you probably want to be in the driver's seat. You're a pilot and you want to be in the driver's seat. So you need to be a judge or a lawyer, like a project manager, like a director, something that's going to put you in the driver's seat. If you are high I, you like me, a flight attendant, and you're a very emotional, people-driven person. So you're going to be a comedian, you know, uh, uh, on the mic, you know what I'm saying, like entertainment, hospitality. So it's like, guys, read the book, find out what you are. And then once you find out what you are, lock into that. Find out what your purpose is and why do you have to wait? You know, I hate when kids tell me I'm taking the SAT, for example, in school. I'm like, all right, when you start studying? In 11th grade. Well, you take it in the 11th grade. Why would you start studying in 11th mm -hmm. grade? Well, because they told us we take it in 11th grade. Why didn't you start when you were in elementary school? You knew you had to take this test. Well, why didn't you start in middle school? Like, why, why do we wait, Sean, until we're 21 or 30 to start doing self-discovery? Yeah. And so the book is like, if you 10... Like, start finding out who you are. Take these personality tests. Yeah. Get online instead of doing social media and following people on Instagram. Like, follow you. Like, ask your parents where you come from. Like, do, do some research. Like, what's a gift that I have? What's a talent? And then go to Google. Go to the library. I know that's old school. Go to the <laughs> library and literally start studying about that. Find other people who are doing what you're doing as adults yeah. and start crafting your own life at 10, at 14, at 16. Stop saying nobody taught me that or I didn't get that from my environment because unlike us, you do have access to social media yeah. now. Yeah. So unlike us, 
whatever neighborhood we grew up in, everybody had the same jobs pretty much. Yeah. Everybody drove the same cars. Like we live in a society now where if you're in poverty, you could see what wealth looks like. Yeah. Like you can get online, yeah. you could travel to Africa, you could travel to Bermuda, you could travel wherever online. So I'm saying, since you're studying everything else, study yourself and find out who you are and then use that to become your own boss. Man, 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 so true, man. Man, yeah. like this is, it, it's so profound because for me, and it's, when you were telling the story, I, I grew up literally first job, yeah. McDonald's, yep. fast food. Fat McDonald's. And I'm a high D, yep. so I t when I took the assessment, and literally, even there, I didn't want to conform to what the standard was. You so I'm supposed you to be born to. I'm supposed to be back there flipping burgers. Yeah. I'm like making my own type of sandwich. Yeah. Like, no, oh, this yeah. is better. Absolutely. Like, people didn't come here for your yeah. sandwich, yeah. Right, you know right, what I'm right, saying? Right, but right. I'm just like, this. Yeah. You guys but don't you were wired to be in control. Yeah. You know, which is why you had your own phenomenal show and doing a phenomenal job at it. Why? Because you do get to decide. Yeah. You do get to make the decisions. And kids who are high D's are having a hard time in school because they never get a position to lead. Right. And they've got to sit there from the age of five to 18 and never use their superpowers. So I'm yeah. telling teachers in the book, like, yo, would it be a, would it be harmful to get a kid 10 minutes? It's a 50 minute class. Yeah. Give him 10 minutes to, to lead the instruction and you'll see a different kid. Absolutely. The eye who's bouncing all over the place and you're saying, you're too talkative, you talk too much. Well, that's what they say about me. Nah, I, I'm, I'm the number one motivational speaker in the world. Yeah. I can't talk enough. Yeah. You know, so give the talkative kid five, 10 minutes in the class to teach. Why do you as the teacher have to dominate the whole 50 yeah. minutes an hour? Yeah. Help them to realize what their gifts are and then put them to, 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 to use. And even with the book, man, I wish I had this before I got married because while I, I thought my wife, you know, was a great human and fine, you know, I was attracted to who she was but didn't know who she was. Mm. And had I had this test when I was 19 and got married, I could have realized Dee's not trying to be bossy. You know, she's not trying to uh, um, disrespect you. She's not trying to make all the decisions. She was born to, she was, she's 99D. She was born to lead. And once I realized, like, yo, this is her superpower. That's like being mad at Superman because he flies mm. or because he's faster than a locomotive. Like, that's what he is. Mm. And so once I realized what Didi was, I started putting her in her position where if we go to the bank, it's so funny, Sean, I remember being a high eye. Like, I care about how people feel. I, I know now when we go to the bank and we have to take care of business, it's not about making the teller or making the uh, the person at the bank feel good. Like, let Didi Adam. We're trying to get the best interest rate. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> We're trying to get the best yeah. hookup. So it's like, who cares if they're upset or not? Like, Didi, go at it. Yeah. But before, Didi would be very, you know, stern and like, lo, I need to see numbers. And uh, and I'd be like, D, you're going a bit too much. Like, make this person feel comfortable. And, and I, I realize now, you're buying a home. That you don't need to make them feel comfortable. They right. got a job to do. You want to make sure that they're not too comfortable so that they're dotting all the I's and crossing all the T's. But when I was young, I used to look at her as being mean. Now, I realize she's a high D. Sean, I realize, man, I married a decision maker. Like, yeah. I married a boss. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> at the end of the day, she's a boss. So yeah. I'm letting her loose now and do her thing. She's letting me loose and do my thing. Um, you know, she's saying when we go to a party, E, you write, I'll buy the card, but you write all the gooey stuff in the car. <laughs> you know, I'll get us to the event, but you yeah. speak at the funeral yeah. or you speak at the wedding. And now we're taking our yeah. best gifts and our best energy and resources and we're putting them into use. When we yeah. were in our 20s, because we didn't know this stuff, we were button heads and we saw each other as opposites, yeah. but we realized we're the, we're the perfect complement, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, that's where the superheroes come together. Yeah, that's what they you do, know what right? saying? The Avengers. <laughs> that's right. That's Man, right. that's so powerful. And, and, and another thing that I'm really excited about in the work that you're doing, you've been doing for many yeah. years 
you know, when you came to St. Louis yes. uh, a few years back yes. and you, you had your, your paid event yes. and, you know, the sold out event is yep. incredible, but people don't see when you go to all those schools yeah. when you come into town, yeah. you know what I'm saying? I think you went to like a detention center. Yeah. You went also to like Vashon, some yeah. of the schools that are, Vashon. you know what I'm saying? No like, and the, I grew up around it, <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And you created one of the most viral videos yeah. from that experience, yeah. Yeah. you know, but you're getting out there and you're doing the work nobody's paying you to do, yeah. nobody's talking about yeah. to get out and connect with our kids. Yeah. And for me, you know, a lot of times today, especially those kids who are the high D that yeah. just want to have a, 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 some responsibility That's in a it. leadership role yeah. and they want to do things a little yeah. differently, they get diagnosed, yeah. right? They're, they're yeah. a problem child, yeah. they're ADHD. And yeah. some, of course, there are conditions, there are situations yeah. where there is some chemical yeah, environment. Yeah, but I'm sure not as you know much saying? as there. No, yeah, today it's an epidemic. Absolutely. It's an epidemic. Yeah. And so just, I'm going to put it in the show notes, guys. I did an episode with John Gray, who okay. wrote Men yes. Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. Yes. Specifically talking about ADHD, so okay. we'll put that in the in the show notes. But okay. it's understanding our children, yes. and also you're training the adults, yes. the faculty members, the yes. teachers. I had I would have been in the same class. Yeah. My teacher, Miss Norman, fourth grade, I'll okay. never forget her. She gave me ten minutes every Friday to stand up in front of the wow. class. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Just because be I started boss. exactly. You know what I'm saying? To perform, yep, whether it's I was going to sing a song, yeah. do a routine, do yeah. some stand up, whatever. Yeah. It's so crazy, you know. But I, I kind of suppressed that a little bit because yeah. it got. Once I left that those conditions where I was being paying attention to, yeah. I had to try to conform, yeah. and then I struggled. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But then. Thankfully, you know, I had a lot of different exposures right. where I was like, okay, I get this system. Yes. And so then I started to th to thrive as a student. Yes. But that other part of me, and that's why I asked you earlier about suppressed. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to make I want to yeah. make sure that we're not suppressing our Absolutely. gifts. It's using them when they're yeah. appropriate. That's it. Yeah. That's it. That's why I said people say strengths and weaknesses. No, 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 not strength and weaknesses. It's overusing, underusing. Yeah. And we've got to learn. And and I as a man of health, I think you would appreciate this. Um, but this is the analogy I give. You know, some people cook broccoli too fast and it's hard. Some people <laughs> overcook it and it's soggy. You got to know exactly when to pull broccoli out. Boil egg. You cook it too soon, you know, too fast. It comes out runny. You overdo it. It's got the brown burnt stuff. If you do it just right, it comes out perfect. Mm -hmm. And we've got to learn first to find out what our gifts are. The people that we love and are close to us, what their gifts are. And then we've got to teach them how to use them appropriately so that Superman is a hero yeah. and not a villain. Because you got the dark Superman, you got the, you know, the 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 positive Superman. And we've got to learn that we can either be superheroes or villains yeah. based on how we use our you look at Hitler. You can't take away the fact that he was talented. Mm. He was a leader. You can't take that fact away from him. Some other people we could name that people would look at and go, monsters. But these were very talented people. You can't say that they aren't. Talented. It just perhaps they might use their talent in a way that's a little bit more destructive. You look at Martin Luther King, a leader, just like Hitler. Both were leaders, but he used his leadership to um, free, you know, and, and, and bring equality to a group of people. So, yeah. you know, when I look at it, it's like you, you can't overuse, you can't underuse, but you got to find that perfect balance, like a like a Mother Teresa, that perfect balance mm -hmm. that helps people and not that's not destructive. Yeah. And so, guys. Whether first of all, pick this up for yourself and yeah. for your kids, yeah, but also absolutely. if you know any educators, yeah. you need to have this book. So yeah. it's you ain't the boss of you me, the and, boss of and me. people can pick this up at ET yeah, Inspires. I'd say go to etinspires.com. Yeah, they can go there, and then um, that's that's like the one stop shop. Yeah, everything you know, ET and uh, ETA Associates. Oh, this is such great stuff. We've got so much more to come in this episode. Sit tight, We've got a quick break coming up. We'll be right back. I was just riding in the car with my family. It was my wife and my two sons, Jordan, who's 19, and my youngest son, Brayden, who is eight. 
And Jordan was talking about how in his last year of high school, he was getting that coffee hitter. Like I had no idea that from time to time he would pick up a little bit of that crack bucks, all right, a little Starbucks. And he was just like, because it's, he's not really one of those people that likes coffee necessarily, but he was just like, some days, you know, dad, you like you get up and you're just like, well, not today. But then you have that coffee and you're like, today, today is the day. And it's so funny because when I was in high school, I never saw anybody drink coffee. But before Jordan got his first car, you know, I drop him off at, at school every day. And I would see the students just walking in, holding their crack box cups, right? It's just like, it's being bred into our culture at younger and younger ages. But the reality is cultures throughout the world have been uh, enjoying and utilizing coffee for centuries, right? And in childhood. And it's only recently that this mass production, mass quantity, lower quality has become so pervasive, right? And so now not only are you getting the conventional coffee, but you're also getting a lot of toxicity along with it, the mold, the pesticides, the herbicides. And this is creating an atmosphere where the benefits, the potential benefits of coffee are now going down. And people are just going to it because it's a source of caffeine or it's a source of sugar. Right, because a lot of people don't even truly enjoy coffee. They love the stuff that's in it, right? The sugar and the cream and those things. But for me, and what I've been really directing people the last few years, because I was just not a fan of coffee, is let's get coffee, but let's upgrade it tremendously by utilizing some of these powerful medicinal mushrooms along with the coffee. And I do that through Four Sigmatic and their incredible mushroom formulas, their mushroom coffee. Now, when people hear about mushroom coffee, medicinal mushrooms, they might come up with, what kind of mushrooms are those, Sean? I'm not talking about psychedelic mushrooms. I'm not talking about culinary mushrooms. I'm talking about the category of medicinal mushrooms. So these mushrooms have been utilized, again, literally for centuries. And this one in particular has documentation from over 2,000 years ago with cordyceps. And now today, what's so beautiful is that we have our clinical evidence to affirm the efficacy that our ancestors knew about many, many centuries ago. And so this was a study, and this was published recently in Medicine and Science and Sports and Exercise, tested 30 healthy test subjects for six weeks to record the effects of cordyceps on their performance in their sport. And the group that added cordyceps to their daily regimen had twice the oxygen intake of the control group and this oxygen, again, is essential for supplying nutrients to your cells for preventing fatigue and buildup of lactic acid. And another study done by the same group showed that there was an overall 9% increase in aerobic activity, in aerobic performance from taking and utilizing cordyceps. Now, this is a real whole food, earth-grown nutrient sourced ingredient. This isn't a hyperstimulant, which caffeine in and of itself can be, and what Four Sigmatic was able to do is to reduce the amount of caffeine and add in another natural adaptogen and supporter of your energy that really helps to create this balanced energy. You'll never have those crashes or these strange, crazy coffee jitters that you can get when you utilize Four Sigmatic. All right, so pop over there, check them out, get your hands on some like yesterday. It's foursigmatic.com forward slash model. That's F-O-U-R-S-I-G. 
matic.com forward slash model. Get 15% off the Cordyceps coffee, the lion's mane coffee, if you really wanna focus on that mental fortitude because lion's mane mushroom, this is from the University of Malaya, found that lion's mane is able to actually create new brain cells. That's right, it has neurogenesis capabilities, right? Literally the creation of new brain cells and it's found to be neuroprotective and now it's being studied for use for traumatic brain injuries as well. Wow, like you can't get that from Crackbox, but you can get that from Four Sigmatic. All right, so pop over there, check them out, foursigmatic.com forward slash model for 15% off everything. If you're not a fan of coffee, they've got the mushroom coffees and they're just straight mushroom elixirs as well. So whether it's cordyceps, lion's mane, Rishi, you can get the real thing. Dual extracted, you're not getting this from other companies. They're doing a hot water extract and an alcohol extract to actually get all the nutrients you're looking for. All right, so pop over there, check them out, foursigmatic.com forward slash model. Now back to the show. You know, I wanna ask you about something you mentioned early, like, okay. and I don't wanna pass this up because okay. this goes into that relationship context and also yeah. talking about your son getting married. Yeah. Um, it's really important to focus on making the marriage better than the wedding, Absolutely. right? So yeah. first of all, but once the, once yeah. the marriage starts to take place, yeah. one of those things that you dealt with and I'm just curious to hear this because it's a very similar story as well. Is you mentioned Didi came up in a in, in a circumstance where there was a job. There was a nine to five, that's how you get your money. And then you're like, well, I'm actually an entrepreneur and we're gonna make money this way. So how did how did because now like she's she's changed her approach to it. But what what took what was the because I know there are people who are in the same spot, like I wanna do these different things, but my significant others like, nah, that's not gonna work. So what did you guys do or what did you do to help to uh, get her on board with what you're uh, doing? Uh, we need three shows. <laughs> we need three shows to answer that. Um, but, but here's the first thing I had to do. I had to realize that my wife, because she didn't have the same perspective I had, wasn't my enemy. And early in the game, Sean, I think things didn't work out as soon as they could have because I saw her resistance as opposing me. I saw it as like, oh, you don't believe in me? Like, I can't believe you don't believe in me, yeah. you know? And I had to realize that, you know, and I'm going through this with my son right now. I'm, I'm, I'm my wife to my son. And it's like, I see where when you oppose a person because we're not always looking at the, the, the details. Like I'm, I'm a high eye, so I'm big picture dude. I'm not looking at some of the details. It's almost as if you were against me because you don't see it the way I see it. And what I began to appreciate about Didi was, Didi was like, yo, I'm not against you at all. But you have to show me how, I remember I came home, I made 10 grand. Sean, I was like, yo, he go 10 grand, like, let's go. And she was like, phenomenal. But 10 grand for how many months are you gonna be able to do this mm. in a row? Right. Like, I have no mm. problem with the fact that you brought home 10 grand. But if you want me to just change everything, all the dynamics, everything we've been doing, because you made 10,000, like, I can't do that. Yeah. But if you can show me how this 10,000 is consistent, now here's what blew my mind. I ended up getting a job at Michigan State University, and I was probably not even bringing home 3,500 a month. And she was super excited. Mm. And I'm thinking, like, whoa, how are you excited I'm bringing home 30? And I should have showed you 10. And she was like, oh, no, no, no. It's not the value. You bring home 35 every month, at least I can measure that. Yeah. I know how to spend it. If you make 10,000 one month and you don't make it again for another four months, like I don't, there's no way for me to measure that. And her being a high C as well, she's very structured and systematic. She measures twice, cuts once. She's like, I can't measure something that happens sporadically. But if it's consistent, even if it's small, 
you can measure it. And so I started to realize, oh, she's not against me. She actually wants me to succeed, but she's asking me, where's the system? And so all she's saying is add to your gift some systems. Like you don't have a bank account. You don't have a, um, a 501c3. You didn't go to the Chamber of Commerce. Like you don't have business cards. You don't have a website. Like at this point, it's not a business. It's a hobby the way you're doing it. Mm. So while you're gifted, the system isn't as gifted as you are. So let's just say, Eric, you look at yourself as a 10 as a speaker. Well, the structure of the infrastructure, the business infrastructure is a zero or one. So if you can get that up to at least a six or a seven, I can jump on board, but I can't jump on board when all I see is talent. Where's the infrastructure? So when I got on one accord with D, it was like, oh, I get it. You're just saying you want you want to see how this thing is going to work. Like, where is the taxes? You're not paying taxes mm -hmm. off this money. Eric, we're going to get in trouble with the government. Like, what are you doing? I see snipes. You know, you know she's like, I don't see, I, I just don't see, like, I see your gift causing us more problems than I see it elevating us and helping us to reach our dreams and goals. So then once I was like, oh, mm. she's like the coach and I'm the player. The coach isn't go going off because he's calling the timeout and bringing to your attention the things that you're doing wrong on the court. He said, I'm not interested in you scoring. We said we wanted to win the championship. Yeah. So so where's the defense? Where, you know, like we put a plan together. Where's that plan? And so once I put the plan together and start working the plan, I start seeing Didi say, okay, okay, now we got a plan. Now you got a website. Now he has an agent. So if you call, there's a, a number that goes to when you call and then there's somebody that calls you back. Okay, good. I can see it. Okay, now he's got a business account. Okay, I can see where Carl and C, C's doing his car. Okay, now I got it. And so as I begin to start building that infrastructure up and she could see the consistency of the engagements, oh, he's doing seven a month that's paid and then 15 is not. But I'm okay with the 15 that are not getting paid because I can see though, that that's where his heart and his love is, but I can see he's disciplined himself. Oh, he's getting up at three o'clock in the morning mm. every day without having a boss. Oh, because before he was getting up whenever he wanted to get up and playing video games and I would come home and when he didn't have a gig, him and his boys just would be playing video games or watching football. Mm. But now, even when he doesn't have gigs, he still got a schedule. He's still getting up in the morning, grinding. He's going to the library, reading books. Oh, he's serious, serious. And so I think when my wife saw the talent and the and the business acumen go up. Yeah, she became a little bit more comfortable, a little bit more comfortable. And then when I became like you know number ten, number five, number one, she's like, oh, I could quit my job now. He's paid for the kids to go to school, cash. Yeah. My kids didn't have to take out a loan. He's got insurance. He's he, you know in case something happens. Okay, he, I can see where he's mature. Yeah. you know he passes or he loses his voice. We have insurance, and so we can cover. Okay, the house is paid off. Okay, I can see now. He has a business mind and he just doesn't have a talent. Right. And I think in the beginning when she heard entrepreneurship, she saw the talent part, but she didn't see the the business structure that goes with. Matter of fact, she saw a wantrepreneur, a wantrepreneur. Mm. She didn't see an entrepreneur. Mm. Yeah, mm. But when the business started, then she's like, now nah, nah, that's an entrepreneur. Before, you right. were just a wantrepreneur. Right, right, right. We got to realize like we're, we're not Steve Jobs. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we need to have proof of concept. We want people to believe in us yeah. before we even have yeah. the thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I'm saying Steve Jobs because it just jumped into my mind. He used to be like, um, you know, people don't know what they want. I'm going to yeah. show them, yes. right? Yes. That's he, He's a unicorn, <laughs> yes. you know what I'm saying? Like yes. you need proof of concept. Yes. You need consistency. 
because we it's the same language, no man. I, me and my wife used to get into it. Yeah. And she, I would say these specific words, you're not with me. <laughs> oh man, that would really piss her <laughs> off, you know? Yeah. And she was, like, because to you. my whole life yeah, is you. revolved around right. you, you That's know right. what I'm saying? That's but. Right. It was because of those pieces. She yeah. works on, she operates on certainty. Yes. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like she, when she met me though, I was an entrepreneur, but she's yeah. still kind of like, what is going yeah. on here? You yeah. just, you working yeah. with people in the gym, right? So, you know, <laughs> but I'm keep my thing, you know what I'm saying? But now she runs our business, yes. but it was, it was getting yes. to the place of like seeing that consistency, yes. me taking care of the basic necessities Absolutely. where same thing, like I'll, I'm, I'm willing to take a risk to help people. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, yeah. no, you got to keep our foundation right. Then you could, then you could you know, go and help. Yeah. yeah, you yeah. know what I'm saying. So that that so really. I'm not alone true. there. Thought, yeah. Oh man, like this before we yeah, met. Yeah, you know right, what I'm saying? Right, right, and right. it's so crazy. And I'm curious, like, oftentimes people those opposites come together, and I think it's really interesting. Well, I don't think it's opposites. As compliments. I said to you before, I believe it's compliments. Yeah. If you marry you. <laughs> oh, man. I'm saying yeah. you'd have yeah. this whole gap, yeah. you know. But when we both got our back, there's no, there's no gap. I put my back against your back. You put my back against mine, and we're fighting. Yeah. We got every angle covered. But from this way, we don't necessarily have the angles covered. Yeah. So if you get with somebody who's exactly identical to you, then you leave. So you got this D and this I, and if you get another D and an I, well, you have all work related, but you don't have the love and the relationship and the experience. Yeah. So when you put the relationship person in there, they're going to cover all of that. And then the task people are going to cut. You got the extrovert. Two extroverts could be dangerous, but you got an extrovert who's just out there and an introvert who's reflective and thinking, man, you got a perfect combination. And when I look at you, you know, you are that guy that's boom, boom, boom. But man, your wife is definitely, I always see her in the cut, chilling, <laughs> like looking at analyzing, reflecting, synthesizing. She like putting it all together. So just imagine you had two people just willing to jump off the bridge. You both probably be off the bridge then. Right. <laughs> but you got one person on the bridge that's willing to take yeah. risk and daring, and the other person could talk that person down yeah. and say, this is what we need to do. So I don't see it as opposites. I see it as, like you said, it's a puzzle. And when we put our pieces together, we make a picture that alone we couldn't make. Yeah, yeah. And I think now, and I want to shift gears because yeah. this is the main reason I was really looking forward to talking to you today, <laughs> is I'm seeing this now with my with my kids. Yeah. You know, my my oldest son and my daughter, they they were with me in the beginning. Like, you know, I was young, college student, one bedroom apartment. Mm -hmm. I'm sleeping on a mattress on the floor, yeah. barely being able to pay yeah. bills. You know, what yeah. I'm saying food. And when they stay with me, they're sleeping on an air mattress that had a hole in it. So they wake up, they go to bed, they elevated, they wake up, they're on the floor. You know what I'm saying? And so they've been with me through the, through that process. Absolutely. And so my 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 son and my daughter, my son Jordan still lives with me. And he's starting college now. But he's it's so amazing to see this, like the quality of his consciousness and yes. even asking me for things, yes. right? He's like thinking about how can I earn it? Yes. And he and it's like it's crazy. Like even if we go out, we just went to the mall the other day. I'm like trying to tell him, like, and he's like, nah, nah, that's okay, dad. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But my son, Braden, yeah. he doesn't have a concept yeah. except luxury yeah. and, and comfort yeah. and happiness. Yeah. Like that's what he sees in the home. And he's got a big antenna up for seeing discord between my wife and I or any yeah. conflict in the house. Yeah. He's very much against yeah. that. Like, yeah. Yeah. And um, so, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's, it's really, it's, it's enabled us to grow more, of course, yeah. having him. But I'm curious, and I want to ask you about this, because Jamal, for both of us, yeah. has really cemented this yeah. idea of generational wealth. Absolutely. Something we didn't see. Like, yeah. we really changed the course of our family's life, yeah. right? And But what do we do for our kids to... 
because my, my son doesn't have to deal with the conflict that Absolutely. I did. Like my mom would like, I better not come back crying yeah. somebody done hit yeah. me or whatever. Yeah. You better get out there and fight. Absolutely. You got your big wheel stole, yeah, no question. you know what I'm saying? No so question. we don't have those conditions. <laughs> Absolutely. So how do we develop, help our kids to yeah. still develop the character, yeah. to develop the persistence, to develop the bigger thinking for them to create the life for themselves? So here's, here's what I just discovered, you know, and it's been, it's been rough with my oldest, you know, it's been rough because exactly what you're saying is like, I almost felt as if it was the spirit of entitlement, yeah. you know? Um, but we had a heart to heart talk a few years ago and, you know, he pretty much said to me, it's your fault, dad. You know, like pretty much, you know, the, the, you're asking me to have his grit, but I wasn't put in situations where I had to fight, you know? So you want me to have his grit, but I don't have, I didn't have grit opportunities. You know, you want me to have his resiliency, but I, what did I have to bounce back from? You know what I'm saying? I didn't have, to, I have a student loan. So I don't I don't know what fast for is. I drove a 745 LI my sophomore year in college. I was with the basketball program. You know what I'm saying? So we traveling, doing our thing. Like I didn't have, I wasn't homeless, is what he said. I wasn't homeless. I had my own room. You know, and we ate on the red. You know, so one of the things that happened for me, I was like, all right, got it. Take ownership for what you could take ownership of, Eric. I got it. I understand exactly what he's saying. So now what you need to do, Eric, is not the fighting that made you what you are, because other people fought and they went to jail. So yeah. they, they 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 went overboard. Yeah. So it's not it's not the fight that got you there, but it is some opportunity of conflict that you have to get through. So what you need to do is you need to put your son in situations where he's going to have to deal with conflict. Yeah. Right? So and you know what those are. So like what he's going through right now uh is trying to get an apartment off his own income. You feel me? Like he's trying to get it on his own. It's like, dad, I ain't been able to, well, the first apartment he got, he got off of my credit. So now he's trying to get one off his own. It's like, it's a fight because he's like, dad, they say I don't make enough money, but you told me I made this much, but you made that much. So again, Sean's one of those situations where, yeah, base, you made this, but I've been blessing you. So you really are making that. So, but before I'm like, yo, you never knew, you, you know, and I'm not coming to rescue you because you never really cared about what you made and what that meant in terms of you, you know, on your W-9, like you never was in those situations. So guess what I'm going to do this time? Right, wrong, or different. I don't care how you see it. I'm about to make you go through the conflict. Mm. You're you about to meet with this realtor and y'all going to go back and forth, back and forth. And she told you, you can't get it. And now you calling me, you're going to go back. And I'm, I'm out of it. Like you go, you are, this is your conflict. This is what your conflict looked like. Not mine, growing up in the projects with my grandma, going to the stores with my cousin, going past pimps and dope addicts and prostitutes like that's not yours but you are going to go through conflict it, you don't have to go through what I went through but you have to go through conflict and so I just hit him up before he was like I can't talk right now I'm walking I'm like bet you're walking it's conflict yeah. and now you're trying to meditate go in your mind pray whatever you're doing to get on the other side of this conflict yeah. you are getting married it's some conflict between you know as you and your fiance you are different people trying to work stuff out so I'm no longer going to save you from the conflict yeah. Right. And so something happened with my daughter. Now, my daughter's a little different. My daughter's the one that's like, I got to earn it. But there's still things that she's going through. And she uh, went to New York on her own conflict. She went to New York on her own. That's conflict with her homegirls. So they wanted to go on a break during the summer. I'm like, go for it. I'm like, normally my agent calls. We had a car pick you up. You know, we do the whole thing. And so my daughter was kind of like going through it with the hotel things like Dad, They're not letting me in. I use my card. My card didn't work because it's a debit. 
And so I'm letting you check into a hotel on your own. And my wife was like, I can't believe she can't check into a hotel. She's 21. I'm like, sweetheart, we've always checked in. Like whenever we've gone to a hotel since they were kids, we got the suite and the door that opens and they come in. So she's never had to physically <laughs> swipe her car. So you thinking, how in the world could she not know how to... But guess what? The first time we stayed in the hotel, our parents weren't the ones that yeah. got, we were the ones. So we've been doing this for years. Hot wire, we had no money, hot wire, yeah. trying to figure out how to get the cheapest, but the greatest quality. I'm like, she is always, she's always just come with her luggage. So so now she's got to check in on her own. She's gone back and forth. She got to figure out. And so I feel like we have to do a better job when they have to go through conflict of not rescuing yeah. them yeah. from yeah, the conflict, yeah. but saying, you know what? I am going to provide for you. I do want there to be generational wealth. I don't think the problem is generational wealth. I think we've confused generational wealth and taking the conflict from them as well. Yeah, That's what we've done wrong. Yeah. So there's nothing wrong with money, 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 money. Each generation needs to have more money, but you need to be responsible. And some of the, um, CJ said it, he got a housekeeper. So you're taking, you, you taking away from Trey the opportunity to right. clean his room, the op the, to be responsible. So she's like, I got to rethink this now. There's nothing wrong with having a, I understand why you have a person coming to clean because you all over the world, you're doing your thing. You don't have time. You won't put that on Candace. But now little man don't know where his stuff is because the cleaning lady is putting, and he's like, dad, the cleaning lady moved my, I don't know what she did with it. So I'm like, we got to be careful. Yes, we teach them generational wealth, but do not take the conflict from them. Do not take certain responsibilities away from them. So yes, yeah. we should be generate, but Jada should have been checking in her own room. Yeah. She should have right, right, Jalen right. should have been getting the rental car on his own. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They yeah, should have just went and just jumped in it. So I, I don't think there's anything wrong with generational wealth, but I think some basic responsibility stuff yeah, that I took from it. my kids, I shouldn't have taken those away from them. Yeah, yeah. And now again, you get to share those lessons yeah. with, with us because yeah. a lot of us, there's no handbook for parenting yeah, that's any exact, you know. Absolutely. Um, but the reason that I wanted to talk about this is I was just uh, at an event the other day and it was a, a teacher. He's a teacher here in LA and he's been in the field for maybe 15, 20 years. Yeah. And when he started his career, he was at an inner city, I think South Central. He's okay. like, the children there, their conflict was getting to school safely. Yes. Gangs, yes. metal detectors, yes. you know, conflicts at home. Yes. Now he's at a private school yes. and he's seeing a whole different level of conflict, yes. which is like a lot of the kids, they got one, two, three therapists right. because of their different issues right. that they're not really even solving. Yeah. And so they're, they're already in the, the drug problems, yeah. like higher level drug, yeah. all these different things. Is it like a different set of... Yeah issues, yeah. different types of drugs Absolutely. than he would see here yeah. to try to cope, yeah. you know, because of not, and they're getting dropped off in their private yeah. car, you yeah. know, the, 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 yeah. the door is getting Absolutely. open for them. And so I was thinking about what can, how can yeah. we find that yeah. grace? Yeah. And so I've been really thinking about this and a great example, and it's so funny you just mentioned the housekeeper, my son Braden, uh, maybe it was two days ago, you know, I'm sitting on the couch, just done put in a lot of work yeah. and he came over, he's like, when's the housekeeper coming? Yeah. And I was like, like literally the light bulb went off yeah. and he was like, it's pretty, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of getting messy. And literally since then, every yeah. day I've been having just pickups, even this morning, yeah. I was like, because I, I saw, I caught yeah. it. Yeah. I caught it. But we're not focusing on that though. Yeah. We're so focused on what we didn't have yeah. and making sure that our kids have what we didn't have that we're forgetting what we did have. Yeah. Like our focus is no longer, our focus is making sure, okay, we got to make this money. We got to show them how to be entrepreneurs. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But there's a part of us 
that is able to do that because of the challenges that we went through and we were able to solve them. Yeah. So I'm not suggesting that they go through what I went through and you got to yeah. go past pimps and dope things. Like I'm not, I don't, I don't want my kids to go through that. Yeah. But because I thought that was the challenge, I saved them from that challenge. Now I'm keeping them away from the other challenges that made me who I am, the yeah. cutting the grass. Yeah. And for me, it's like cut the grass. I'd rather have my man next door, my boy Mike is killing it. Mike is a firefighter, but then on the side, he cuts grass. Yeah. He got it manicured. He got it looking great. Guess what, Sean? I don't have to do as much work when Mike does it the right way. Right. But to teach Jalen how to do it, who don't want to do it, right. it's a fight. So I'm like, no, to save me some trouble, let's let Mike do it. And I just pay Mike to do it. Whereas I didn't realize, no, Jalen needs to do it. And even if Jalen doesn't do it the way Mike does it, Jalen needs to learn the responsibility. Yeah. And then maybe Mike can do it, you know, once or twice a month to make sure it's tight, tight. But J or maybe Jalen needs to be with Mike when Mike does it. So Jalen, so there were some basic things that I took responsibility for looking back that I was like, I shouldn't. And I promise you, my son, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to speak on his behalf because I'm not him, but I will say this to you. I know in this dialogue, he's not extremely happy. Like, I'm reading the text, and it's like, Dad, you didn't, and Dad, you didn't. And I, and I said to myself, E, you can easily fix the problem like you always yeah, have. Yeah. Or you could take the hits from your son and let him grow. Yeah. So let, let him take the take You take the hits, but you let him grow. Yes, yes. And, and this is not a third world problem yeah. in terms of you, he's making great money. Like, I can stop you right now and say, I don't care what happened up to this point, but from this point forth, economically, you're killing the game. So it may take you a year to prove to them that you're making the money that you say you made because some of the money that, that he did make, we gave, but then some of the other ones might have been cash. Mm -hmm. So you, you can't really – but a year from now, so you're not going to die. A year, from, a year from now, you'll be married and your credit and your everything will be straight. So you're not gonna die. And so for me as a father, it's like, go and take the hits of, yeah. dad, I can't believe you did this. Yeah. You messed up it. I'll take them. Yeah. But in a year, you'll be more developed because you're gonna go through some challenges that are gonna make you a even stronger man. I must say this, man. I, I we, you know, we must give ourselves, and I mean your wife, your community, the village credit. But in his challenge, he texted me and said, Dad, you know, I'm I'm, you know, can we pray? And one of the things I said mm. to him, Sean, was like, yo, I want to I, I want to honor you. When you feel the spirit of anxiety coming on, you could easily go get drugs. That What you're talking about, you can easily go get alcohol and let that soothe you. The fact that you called me and said, let's pray, shows me that yeah. you are super mature, but you just got to go through. Yeah. You, you're just going to have to go through this because it's going to take you to another level of maturity. Yeah. So I don't want to overlook the fact that easily, that spirit of anxiety you have, easily could have turned into let me go get some cocaine let me go get some Hennessy you know what I'm saying let me go take a drug that is going to calm me down I said the fact that you're taking a walk I, mad respect mad respect but but we got to get through this though I, I can't I still can't pacify you but I do want you to know I honor how you're going through this and not doing it in a way that's going to be destructive now you got two things you got to work on once you get past this particular problem so yeah yeah that's powerful yeah. powerful and it just got me thinking about, you know, Jordan yeah. and being a little bit older. Yeah. Because what, and I heard you say this multiple times, I'm going to take the hits. Yeah. And I want people to really get that. Yeah. Because as parents, yeah. especially if we're conscious 
and aware, yeah. we don't want our kids to suffer. Yeah. You know, it's just that natural tendency, yeah. especially if I could do something, I do something. But it's not, it's, it's like Jordan, for example, he's got the routine. He's in there, he's cleaning the kitchen. Yes. Like cleaning yes. the kitchen, yeah. you know what I'm saying? But yeah. we start to get a little bit lax yeah. as we go on because yeah. we just bringing in more people to do stuff because of the higher level thing. Absolutely. And we see Braden starting to lag behind yeah. a little bit. And so one of the other things that I've been doing, and I just want to put this out there, yeah. I let my son know I love him, yeah. you know, every day. Yeah. And my, my father never hugged me, Absolutely. you know what I'm saying? I hug my yeah. son, I let him know yeah. I love him. But Brayden, whenever he asked me to, to, to help him do something, because it's the thing is, too, we can do it quick. Yeah. We know how to do it. We yeah. just do it. Knock Absolutely. it out. I literally eat because I have to be more patient. Yeah. With the parenting, we have and, to do this. And so what yeah. I do is I literally say these words. These are the words he hears from me most often today. Figure it out. Yeah. I literally, yeah. And, it, and it's hard yeah. sometimes, it you is. know, and he gets yeah. a little frustrated. I got to yeah. take the hit. Like, yeah. man, am I being a good father? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's got to figure it out. Figure Don't it out. ask me to open yeah. anything. That's like, right. figure it out. Figure it out. Yeah. And... Again, that's the part I think that's missing. It's not that we're doing the most. I admire this generation. Uh, I've said on multiple occasions going on these cruises um, and the different you know, events that we do, to see 22-year-olds there, 25-year-olds, I'm like, I get it. You, what you guys are saying is you don't want to do what the generation uh, past did, and that's they went until they were 60 and they went and they had an illness you know, or they weren't physically able to enjoy the money that they had. They retired at 65, 70. Right? Bro, you in your golden years. Like you can't, you don't, you don't even move like you move when you when they when they told you to start this job. They're like, we're not gonna give our best years to GM. We're not gonna give our best years to Ford. We're not gonna give our best years to Chrysler. I feel the millennials. They like, yo, we want to go on the cruise while we can walk, while we can run, while we can fly. I'm like, I get it. Like, I'm not mad at you. They don't want to work for $9 an hour. They're trying to find the next um, app or the next, you know, whatever invention that's going to make them millions. I'm like, yo, I get it. But in the midst of that, hard work is still a part of that equation. Yeah. So maybe not the physical work that we're accustomed to, but guys, you got to work. And I think as I was helping my kids to get to this next level, like, yo, I thought I was doing them a favor by not having a student loan. You know, I thought I was mm. doing them a favor. So maybe I should have paid for 70% of it and they should have paid for 30%. Yeah. You know, maybe I should have paid for 80% and they had to find a way to pay that other 20%. You know, maybe that's what I should have done. Or maybe I should have paid, but then you got to do some community service or something yeah. to make up for some of the money. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. But but what I robbed them of, no. Would I go back and make them take a student loan? I, absolutely not. I don't want them to be in debt. I don't want them to start their business careers in debt. But I would have made you make a connection between somebody had to pay for that yeah, and somebody had to grind to make that happen. So maybe you don't grind like the person who paid for that, but you got to learn the lesson. And that's what I think I messed up on is that by doing certain things, you didn't get the lesson. So it's not to, to be a creator and say, this is how you got to get the lesson. But at some point there has to be a connection between how rewards happen and the relationship between work. Mm. And and and, I, and and by you cutting the grass, I didn't. By having Mike cut the grass, I didn't necessarily do that. By giving you a your mom's car because your mom got a new car and just passed the BMW down to you, it should have been you have to do something for the car. And and I think that's where I messed up. I didn't always make the connection between the work and the reward. Mm, I love that. You know, and it's just another example. But with my oldest son Jordan, um, as mentioned. 
So we I pay for his tuition. Yeah. You know, he's in school right now. And I even thought, like, I, I really was processing that. Like, should I make him buy his books? You know what I'm saying? Just try, like, how do I go about this so that he feels some of the weight? My wife is very big on this, yeah. you know? And also, she doesn't like the fact that she's got to tell him how to do stuff. Like you mentioned, yeah. like the hotel key. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? She's yeah. like, he should know how to do this. Yeah. It's us. Yeah. It's, all, it's, it's, yeah. it's us in yeah. creating the conditions. But one of the things that I consciously am doing, and I just mentioned, like, we went to the mall the other day. Like that's his opportunity yeah. if he's trying to get something. Outside yeah. of that, like he's got to he's gonna have to hustle, find his way yeah. to buy his food, yeah. all these different things. Yeah. And he, and, but the great thing about it, and like you mentioned with your son, just calling like talking about prayer yeah. versus medicating yeah. himself. Yeah. Uh, for, for Jordan, he asked, you know, what can I do to make this money, yeah. right? So he's thinking in those terms, you know. So putting our kids in position, and I think that this mindset of entrepreneurship or even just changing our financial status. Yeah. I want to talk about this for everybody yeah. because it's really important. I really yeah. want to ask you yeah. because I heard you say that people aren't broke because of money. They're broke because of their mindset, right? So what's going on there with our mind? How can our mindset be the reason that we're not financially successful? Well, you know, here's a, here's a crazy thing. You know, broke people are broke because of what broke people do. You know what I'm saying? Because of what you're thinking about. So this is what you do. People who are rich are rich because of what they're thinking about and what they do. So I don't think about money. You know, I'm, I'm moving to California. So the first thing I'm thinking about is what gifts do I have and how can I be of service? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What, what, what gifts do I have? Well, you, you can write books. So write a book that's going to help a superintendent change her school system around. So I didn't write a book for $22.99. I sat down and thought about what can I do to help superintendents keep their job for the next 15 years and do a phenomenal job at it? What can I do for a teacher who's really serious in a classroom, like, do you understand who you have to be to be a teacher? Like, you went to college just like everybody else. You could have took three, four more classes and been a lawyer or a doctor. Like, you literally are a, you're thinking about other people when you know you're about to make $40,000, $50,000 a year for the rest of your life, teaching a group of kids from 8 to eight to 3 o'clock. Like, you made a sacrifice. So teachers aren't these jerks. Like, they really do care, but don't have the tools. Do you know that 75% of public schools are run by white females? So you have white females in a urban school system. They care. You wouldn't be a white female teaching urban kids if you didn't care for them. The only challenge is you didn't grow up like they grew up. So you sp you have a different perspective than they have. So I'm thinking about, yo, this teacher, this white female, who all her life, all she wants to do is go into a school and change it, but she doesn't understand where these kids are coming from. What would it take for me to write a book to help her to do what it is she loves to do? And then, and then how many of those teachers, there probably might be millions of teachers that have that. So I'm not thinking about $20 an hour, uh, $20 a book. I'm thinking about how can I help teach, help a teacher do what she's always wanted to do. I'm going to teach her these four personalities and show her what she is. And she's probably favoring a kid that's like her. Let's think about it. You just said it. Most school systems are designed for C's. Very systematic, structured. That's what schools are. So if you're a D, you're not structured. If you're an I, you're not structured. If you're an S, you're semi-structured. So the school system itself, environmentally, is not set up for you to succeed. She doesn't know that because she's a high C. That's why she became a teacher, because she's so structured. Mm -hmm. Lesson plans, eight to three, the, the bell rings. She's a structured person. So that's why she decided to be in a structured environment. But 28%, which will leave us with what, 72%? If she's 28, 72% of everybody else is not designed to be in this environment that the world has set up. So I'm about to change her life, Sean. Yeah. I'm about to give her some information that's going to change her life. So guess what? When I change her life, you don't think she's going to buy the book? 
You don't think she's going to buy a book? The principal's going to buy a book for everybody's in the class? You don't think that they're going to take the test? You don't think they're not going to bring me in to consult the students and consult the teachers and show them how to change this environment? So when you're rich, you don't think about what you are trying to take. You think about what to give. And any environment that gives will survive. Mm. The Dead Sea is the Dead Sea. Not because it doesn't have a body of water. It's the Dead Sea because it doesn't give out. It only takes. So that's why it's dead. Mm. It, doesn't, it doesn't give out anything. Yeah. So, so poor people are always thinking about, what can I get? What can I get? What can I get? Nothing grows when you think about just getting. But when you think about giving and you write a book that can help marriages, you write a book that can help father and son, mother and daughter. When you write a book that can help a company, when you write a book that can help every part of society, of course you're going to be rich. So Bill Gates is rich because he created a computer that everybody can use. You remember computers yeah. were just for business people. Yeah. Now yeah. you got them on your, you're, they're in your lap, mm -hmm. <laughs> laptop, right? Um, you look at Oprah. Why is Oprah a, a billionaire? Because Oprah created a platform for people to come on and share their story. So if Oprah says something about your book, everybody read your book. Why are these people so successful? They're so successful because they created platforms. Steve Jobs, why is he rich? Because he's got a phone. Do you can you imagine not a phone in your car? Like, shot. I know most of these millennials are looking like, like I got a, a my goddaughter's probably 11. I remember when she was three, she saw the phone in the wall. She's like, what's that? I said, it's a telephone. She said, well, why is the plug in the wall? I'm thinking, <laughs> right. what do you mean? Why is it? I'm like, oh, you were born. Right. You, don't, you don't get it. You know what I'm saying? So this guy created a phone. Like somebody asked me the other day, where's your computer? I said, because of the phone, I don't need a computer. Yeah. Like I don't need a computer anymore. So, so this guy put technology in the whole world in the palm of your hand. Why wouldn't he be rich? But he didn't go, uh, I want to make a billion dollars. No, he served a billion people. Mm. Yeah. You, you get it? Yeah, you want to be absolutely. a millionaire? You serve millions. You want to be a multimillionaire? You serve multi-millions. You want to be a billionaire? You serve billions. You want to be a trillionaire? You serve trillions. But the average person that's not wealthy is because they're constantly thinking about money. But when you think about how can you serve the world, well, however many people you serve, look at the videos. They've changed millions of lives. And before you know it, I became number one in the world. Not because I'm better than those other guys but because I add so much value to people yeah. that they say emotionally. I don't know if they mean, you know, verbally, like my wordplay is sweeter than the other guy. They just mean Eric changed my life. So he number one to me because I was, I was going through chemo and radiation and I listened to his stuff that said, you can do this, you can get through this. So to me, Eric's the number one motivational speaker in the world. Yeah, yeah, man. Ah, yeah, man, yeah, no. listen, listen. We need three more shows. <laughs> Somebody said to me the other day, you know this is your third time with I said, how you know? They said, because I want more, but I counted. You did one this year, then you did one, so this is your third yeah. one. I'm like, absolutely. This is absolutely, man. This is it's so inspiring for me, man. I always take something away. Absolutely. And Likewise. so that, that 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 just that phrase, I just want to get that one more time. Yeah. So did you say, how how can my gifts make room for me? Yeah. What, what was that? Yeah, if, if I want to make more money, I have to think about what gifts do I have? What gifts can I give away? And when I plant that seed, that one seed becomes a tree that has many, I don't know, apples, oranges. And inside of that one seed I planted is fruit. And inside that fruit is so many seeds. So, yeah. so you can use some to eat, but then take some of them mm. and put them back you know, in the earth so right. it can make more trees. So when you give your gift away, you saw it, YouTube. Yeah. I started 2007, 2008, just giving these videos away. Yeah. And as a result of giving them away, look, honestly, and I know people won't believe this, it's difficult for me to go to a restaurant without somebody stranger paying for my food. 
And the waiter say, look, they told me not to tell you, but they watch your videos and it changed their life. Like I, hotels, people are paying for my hotel rooms. They find out what city I'm in and paying for my, they're like, E, my son was down a, a path of drugs and destruction. He started watching your videos. It changed his life. We just want to say thank you. Walked in a hotel the other day. It was cheese and meat and wines and all kinds of stuff. I'm like, who sent this? Somebody that said you looked after their wife. You know, so when you start putting that out, yeah. that energy out, that's why I tell these young people, be careful with all this, you know, gangster stuff and all this hate stuff. Because when you put that energy, energy out, yeah. that frequency comes back to you. Yeah. But when you operate in a certain frequency that's positive and love and energy and joy, well, that's what's going to come back to you. You're not going to get hate back if you're putting out love. Yeah, yeah. So powerful, man. Thank yeah. you so much Thank for sharing you. this. Thank and, you, my and friend. listen, at any time... <laughs> Anytime you're welcome here on the show, man. Appreciate and just that. thank you for giving so much value. Yeah. And just that insight and the picture of those seeds yeah. and the generations yeah. then that are gonna come yeah. from those seeds and how yeah. you're impacting everybody's life yeah. and, and their their future generations. Be, uh, you know what I'm saying? Tree, yeah. So <laughs> you, even the people listening right now, you know, you're impacting their lives, but also their kids' lives yeah. and their grandchildren. Yeah. And it's just it's remarkable, man. Yeah. You're you're one of those special people, man. Just you, man. Step up and take yeah. your gifts seriously you. yeah, and to no impact question. the world. So yeah. thank and you. And I'm and I'm grateful. When I was talking to my guy, he was like, I didn't know Sean before you. And I'm grateful to say that this is not a show episode I'm doing. This is a friendship. Yeah. And we're just coming up here chopping it up about, you know, what we believe. So yeah. a lot of times when people come on shows, it's like you don't really know them. You kind of, yeah. you know, but for me, it's like you're with my boy sitting down in his show yeah. chopping it up. And so it feels good not to be on a show where I'm like, I got to, what do you want me to say? What do you want me to say? Like, <laughs> so, like I'm at the crib. I'm at yeah, home. Yeah, you know? yeah, no yeah. doubt. No yeah. doubt, man. So, again, thank you so much, Thanks man. I appreciate you. Yeah. yeah. That's Eric Thomas, everybody. Number one motivational speaker on the planet. And you know why. And it's just electric in this room right now. Such a huge inspiration in my life and the lives of so many people. And just very grateful to call him friend, family. And man, just so many incredible lessons that permeate through my own family uh, at home, thanks to being around and spending time and just learning from Eric Thomas. And make sure again to pick up his book, You Ain't the Boss of Me, and really again, not just for ourselves, but for our children, for the people who are teaching our children to pay more attention, to, to foster and support us all tapping into our own unique gifts and talents, our superpowers. And this is how we really create a world that works for everybody. And really one of the big messages today I feel is understanding and operating from that place that broke is not a lack of money. It's a lack of, of change and strength within our mindset. And that's really where we need to do the work. And asking the question, you know, when we do face a situation where we need to accomplish a financial goal, maybe it's for a new home, maybe it's for getting our kids into a new school district, maybe it's for the basic stuff, you know, getting clothes on our back and those kind of things. If you're like me, whenever we've been faced with those challenges for hitting a financial goal, we will rise to the occasion to make it happen if it's a dire need, right? If we got to get money for you know, to be able to pay a certain bill or to support a family member who's going through something, we find a way, right? But now we can take this out a step and it doesn't have to be a crisis to make us to take action when we can start to ask, which gift do I have that can create this income, right? Thinking from that place, right? Versus what Eric talked about and being a taker, because a lot of times it's like, what can I get? What can I get? How can I take this from some entity versus what gift do I have to give that can create this income for me? I think it's a really powerful thing to meditate on, to think about, especially when we meet opposition, not just even in our money, 
But in the context of our relationships or the context of work and connections, asking that question, what gift do I have that can make this connection take place? What gift do I have that I can bring to the table to create this result for me? And that's the thing, you do have unique gifts and talents and capacities that you can bring to the table to accomplish any goal that you have for yourself. And yes, remember, please hear this, Eric is going to be, along with me and the rest of our team, we're gonna be doing the Phenomenal Life event this year coming up in Mexico, all right? So come and hang out with us. Of course, it's a great excuse to get to this beautiful environment that we're gonna be in in Mexico, but it's also a great opportunity to spend time with the people that are pouring into your cup. And to spend time with Eric and the rest of the team is just literally priceless. It's changed my life in so many different ways, and you have that opportunity to come down to the Phenomenal Life 2020 event coming up here early next year. So head over to themodelhealthshow.com forward slash PL2020. All right, so the letter P, the letter L, the number 2020, all right? Themodelhealthshow.com forward slash PL2020, and you can get your tickets for the event. It's gonna sell out. This is your opportunity, take action. If you feel called to take action via this episode and it inspired you, it, it struck a chord with you, this is an opportunity to take things to the next level, all right? So themodelhealthshow.com forward slash PL2020, come hang out with us. At the event, we're gonna be doing some powerhouse workshops for you guys, focusing on health and wellness. Obviously, I'm gonna be there for that. Uh, your financial well-being, and we've got the very best people on the planet, including a guest of the Model Health Show, Jamal King is gonna be there, nine to five millionaire, sharing all his gifts and talents and tips and insights, but some other people as well. Your relationship health, obviously Eric Thomas is gonna be there. And it's just, it's an absolutely priceless opportunity. So make sure to come over, hang out with us in Mexico. And on that note, guys, we've got some powerhouse episodes coming your way. Incredible guests, incredible show topics coming very, very soon. So make sure to stay tuned. If you got a lot of value from this episode, please share it out with the people that you care about on social media. You can tag me, tag Eric, and I appreciate that so much. All right, guys, take care. Have an amazing day. And I'll talk with you soon. And for more after the show, make sure to head over to themodelhealthshow.com. That's where you can find all of the show notes. You can find transcriptions, videos for each episode. And if you got a comment, you can leave me a comment there as well. And please make sure to head over to iTunes and leave us a rating to let everybody know that the show is awesome. And I appreciate that so much. And take care. I promise to keep giving you more powerful, empowering, great content to help you transform your life. Thanks for tuning in.